It was a bit different from how I envisioned back at law school, but sometimes I think life has better plans. Welcome to Life After Law School. I'm Amy Scarlett, and we're embracing those words today, sometimes life has better plans. On Life After Law School, you're going to get career insights firsthand from law graduates who have forged their own paths. If you're like me, you're a bit of a fan of online shopping. You click go to checkout, pay for what's in your cart, I don't mind a promo code, FYI, and you wait patiently for those goods to arrive, or impatiently in my case. But what happens between the point of you paying for it and it actually arriving in the mail? Today, we'll meet two law graduates who play an important role in getting those goods to your door. My name's Elva Jung, so I currently work as a corporate counsel for Annual Container Line, but also for Annual Singapore PTLTD, which is a subsidiary of Annual Container Line. So essentially, Annual, or which we call the Annual Group, is an ocean carrier. We specialise in containerized shipping, okay. and we pride, take great pride in being the Oceania specialist, uh, you know, um, from all around the world we're transporting cargoes and to mainly to Australia, New Zealand and Pacific Island areas. Hi, I'm Olivia Jones. I'm the General Counsel and Head of Strategy at Victoria International Container Terminal and we are the container terminal uh, based out in, in Port Melbourne. We're an automated terminal, so it means that as the containers come into the terminal, it, getting the container off the truck and onto the ship is an entirely automated um, journey. So we work very closely with ANL that we put containers yes. on and off. <laughs> They're ships. Um, so I'm general counsel and head of strategy. So I've got a mixed legal and strategy role. Awesome. Okay. Um, I guess to give a bit more insight to the students about the industry itself, uh, can you give us some more? You know, yeah. So background? the supply and logistics um, sector is essentially how you get the you know the the goods from a different country or from a different part of Australia onto the, the supermarket shelf or how it gets into your hand if you get it, if you order it online. So it can have a, a, a wide, wide range of, of, of methods of getting it from the paddock or from the, the factory to the shop or to the um, into your front door. It can be rail, it can be um, cars and, and trucks, it can be ship, it can be air. So broadly, it's getting your product into your hand is is is, is it in a nutshell? A little bit about yourselves now would be great. So understanding uh, your education background, uh, what you studied uh, and essentially what your thought of a career was going to be in your mind while you were studying. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> Threw it out. I was you. like, that's past life experience. A uh, long time ago now. So I originally came from China as an international student. Okay. So my first year, I actually was studying in Brisbane. And then I came down and I went to Trinity College as part of the um, Melbourne University for international students. Okay. So after that, I got into and studied law and arts at Melbourne. And so when I was studying law, I think the reason for me to get into law school was I always wanted to change the world as a little kid. I think a lot of students, especially arts law students, have that passion or desire of changing the world somehow. So that was the major drive for me to get into law school. Um, but also translating to the practice of law. So I always had a passion for international law because that's the area I thought I can make most changes. And uh, so I pursued further studies in international economic law in particular. And a few years ago, I went to study in Switzerland, a master specialising in international economic law. Wow. Yeah, okay. So 
However, now I work more in the private sector, so I, I know it's a shipping line. But for someone who has a passion for international law, I think you know I picked the right industry to work. Yeah, shipping is very international. Our ships and vessels go around the world, sail around the world, and so it's very international by nature. So I think I'm very lucky for that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah,、okay. so it was a bit different from how I envisioned as、yeah. um, back at law school. But sometimes I think life has better plans. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would love to hear your journey, but we'll get back to you,、okay. um, Olivia. If you could give us a bit of a background about your, you know, university degree and、um, yep. yeah. So I did、um, law in in England and、um, started working at Clifford Chance, which is a big、uh, major international law firm based in London. I was there for about six years、um, working in the property team. And then one Friday afternoon, a partner came in and said, "Oh, how would you feel about moving to Abu Dhabi on a client secondment for three to six months?" I ended up staying there for four years, working for a large property developer based in Abu Dhabi.、Um, some of my key projects were the,、uh, the Grand Prix track,、uh, Ferrari World, which was the world's biggest indoor theme park. So it was really an exciting place to work. That it was huge projects that you can just work on and just take from a, literally a, a blank sheet of paper into fruition quite quickly. So I ended up staying there for four years and, and met and married an Australian. So、um, we got to about 2011, 2012, and thought, well, which side of the planet do we move to? And we we pick <laughs> Melbourne. So here we are.、Um, I then、uh, moved back to moved to Melbourne, worked at、um, King and Wood Mallisons for、um, about a year, and I have to requalify because、um, I was an English qualified lawyer, so to be admitted to to practice in in Melbourne, I needed to do five um, university uh, options and two PLT options. I started trying to do that、um, distance, and it was just working at Mallisons and trying to do that in the evening was just too hard.、Mm. And I really wanted to get back into working、um, in house, so I took a semester at Monash actually, and, and knocked out four of the, the subjects in one go, and then ended up having a baby as well,、mm-hmm. and then came back to work、um, at VICT. And at the time of working at VICT, I was brought on because of my、um, project background, because they'd just been awarded the tender to build the third. Container terminal in Melbourne, and again they had a blank sheet of paper and had to actually build the terminal from scratch. So it was my experience in、um, bringing big projects to life that really got me the job in the first place. I've been there for almost five years now, so I've really moved from project real estate lawyer into a, just a general. Commercial lawyer, where it's every every day is a different day. Wow! So, yeah, it's funny how people go on these journeys to、yeah. get where they are now. You where、know? you are now is not where you thought you were going to、yeah. be <laughs> I, ten, fifteen years ago. I, yeah, it's、yeah. <laughs> so great to say、yeah. that because that's exactly what I think students、mm. need to hear,、yeah. uh, and that it's okay,、yeah. and that it's an exciting journey,、yeah. and there's a it's a long journey,、um, and and embrace it. So、yeah. uh, it's just、great. taking any opportunity that's offered to you. So it was you know somebody coming in saying, "Do you want to move to Abu Dhabi?" and the first Question was well. I don't know. Do I want to move、yeah. to Abu Dhabi? And I literally wouldn't be sitting here today if <laughs> if, I, if I'd said no. So、mm. it's it's taking opportunities and seeking out opportunities. Being、like、open to yes. them. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Be great to hear your story, Elva. Right. So,、um, journey. My first job was、um, actually. I, I saw one of the questions was about my first job after law school.、Mm-hmm. I finished law school during GFC. 
Um, okay. So that was actually really tough, but more important because I was international student. Mm. And I had some issue with the visa, not issue per se, but then I didn't have the permanent residency mm. visa. Okay. So for most firms, they wouldn't take you on unless you have a permanent residency visa. Okay. So it took me literally a year to find my first lawyer job. It was quite depressing at the time. Mm. Now I think, yeah, it's okay. It's a good story to share now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So it took me literally, I was qualified, I think, as a lawyer uh, admitted to the court in November 07. Mm-hmm. And my first lawyer job came about September 08. Okay. It was a combination of, you know, I, don't, I didn't have a PR and also GFC, you know, all these issues. And the most firms that just didn't take on any grads at, at the same time as well. Yeah. But going back to what Olivia was saying, that the opportunity. So my mm-hmm. the partner who hired me, it was an um, impersonal injury, but in Commonwealth compensation, it's a very tiny jurisdiction. Okay. And he was willing to take me on because I had a visit to work full time, but just didn't have a permanent residency. So he said, okay, as long as you can work legally, that's fine. Um, but at the same time, I didn't make a decision. It's not what I wanted, a personal injury. Mm. But I thought to myself, at least I can use my legal skill. It's better than nothing. And he was a leading practitioner in that field as well. Yeah. So I started my first lawyer job. And looking back, I was, I'm very grateful, mm. even though it was not, what I wanted, but the skills are very transferable, drafting, research, you know, and legal critical thinking, all these skills, you know. And I thought that 18 month was very important for my career. And then uh, I decided to look for other jobs because I do wanted to move into more uh, international related field. And I still remember to this day, um, my partner, he realized I wanted to go for another job. And he said to me, because at the time, I think I bought a small apartment. He said, you just took on apartment. I don't advise you to actually leave. What about this? You stay here, work while you're looking for other jobs. So he was fully aware of that. And he was supporting me. He was wonderful in that regard. And then when I went for the interview at NL and in back in 2010, he even provided a letter of recommendation oh, oh wow. as my current employer. Amazing. I think that was why I got a job. I went for one interview with um, my current boss, Nick Stingsby, and I presented the letter of recommendation from my um, current employer, the partner. And I thought, wow, that's wonderful how he was supportive. You know, he understood that, you know, personal injury wasn't my preferred mm. practice area, but he was willing to support me to pursue something I'm interested in. That is brilliant. So that was the start of um, my 2010, you know, my first sting at NL. <laughs> so I was working for uh, NL and my current boss for about two and a half years. Then I decided to um, go to study in Switzerland. So oh. I went and pursued um, international economic law masters I mentioned. Okay. Um, but again, that's not a very good story. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it is. story is much more positive no. than Everybody's mine. Everybody's story is a good story. No, now it's a good story. <laughs> at the time, it wasn't a good story at all. Um, I went because I still wanted to give it a try, my passion in international law. Yeah. So I went I went to Geneva and uh, I was almost thought dream came true because I was literally studying next to um, the WTO, WTO weight, and the World Trade Organization. And uh, I was studying international economic law with some leading um, law professors specializing in uh, trade law and uh, investment arbitration. I thought, I hoped I could have stayed in Geneva, mm. uh, find yeah. a job afterwards, but I couldn't. Again, the visa issue came about, you know, you know, I didn't have a European um, passport. I didn't have Swiss passport, of course. You know, it's very tough to stay. 
So, um, yeah, I left Geneva quite disheartened. Okay. At that time, I was very confused because I thought, you know, everyone has a childhood dream. You know, you have to pursue really hard. And people say your childhood dream will always be realized, but not mine. So I was very confused at the time. And uh, it caused me to wonder maybe I shouldn't practice law or shouldn't continue to practice law. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, in 2015, when I came back to um, Melbourne, I had literally a few months to really reflect what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about going to London to do a PhD. And then just by pure chance, I was catching up um, for dinner with my current boss. And he called me out. He said, I think it's not the right decision for you to go to UK to do a PhD. Because if you wanted to pursue a PhD, it should be out of inspiration, mm-hmm. not really out of desperation. Which in my case, that was true mm. because I didn't want to continue practice law because my experience couldn't stay in Geneva. And I thought he was very right and honest. I really appreciate. And it was then, uh, you know, he said, we're very busy. Would you be interested in coming back to work part-time? Because we already had the two lawyers at the time full-time and they need another part-time lawyer. And I took the opportunity. Mm. I said, okay. Yep. You know, yep. so yeah, so going back, I think there's a kind of synergy here mm. about the story. And um, yeah, I think looking back, that was all worked out perfectly. And uh, yeah, yeah, and but, it's taking those opportunities and you, you had a lot of self reflection there. Oh, which, very deep self reflection yeah. <laughs> for three months. But I think yeah. it's also the value of a good boss or a good mentor, mentor. to be able to say, actually, yeah. I, I think you're going down the wrong path, yes, path yes. there. Yeah. And, and somebody being able to be honest enough with yep. you rather and than just wi- going, oh, okay, off you go to London. Yep. Let me know how you get on. Yes. And I think he said uh, um, because he can see why I was doing it. Mm. And I think part of me knew, but I didn't want to admit it. Mm. I was doing it for the not the right reason because PhD is like a very long journey, mm. four mm. years and moving to another country, you know, not knowing what's at the end as well. So a little bit of story, um, synchronicity. So I went back to work at NL and uh, three years later, I left on the 21st of July, 2012. Then three years later, I start my job without us planning, 22nd of July, 2015. Wow. Uh. <laughs> and I was standing in the lift with my colleague, Alison Cusack at yeah. the time and my um, boss, um, General Counsel, Nick Slingsby. When we realized that we were like, wow, it is serendipity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, in yeah. a way it's good. Mm. So that's a good sign, I think. Yeah. yeah. And and I think what we can take from that and mm. for, I guess, the context of the student um, side is where you think your path is going to take you is not necessarily where it will go. Mm. Uh, it's being open to those opportunities. Yes. It's having that self-reflection. And if you you can kind of listen to these stories now and hear that and start taking those on board, mm, you know, mm. as we're talking, uh, then that can help put them in front. So when they have those situations where they're, oh, what do I want to do? I yeah. don't know. Do I want to take this career path? I, I've tried my hardest to get there and mm. I keep getting rejected. I can't get mm, through. Mm. It's almost a case of that's okay because there'll be something else out there for you mm. that you can do and that you yeah. can enjoy. And it may take you somewhere else. Like you just said in your first job, you didn't want to do that. That wasn't where you wanted to take yeah. your, your life, you know. But your boss was really supportive yes. to help you get yeah. to that next step. Uh, so, you know, it might not happen straight away. It might not happen after 10 times. Mm. It might happen on that 11th time or whenever yeah. that is. So I guess that's a really good transition into challenges. Mm. So you've mentioned a few of your challenges, which was amazing. Um, Olivia would love to hear a bit about yours. Mm. Um, I think one of the big challenges I had was actually um, the requalification journey I had when I moved to Melbourne. So I've got an an English law degree. I'd I'd practiced in in England for a a number of years. But then you you come to Melbourne and you think, well, the jurisdictions are very similar, so it shouldn't be 
that difficult mm. to, to re-qualify. But actually, when you get the letter back from um, the, the legal counsel saying you've got to do five university options and you've got to do two um, practical legal training options, that's quite a time commitment. And they also give you um, a specific deadline that you have to get it done by. Okay. What happens after you, if you miss that deadline, I don't know, because <laughs> it's a question you probably don't want to answer. But, and it's then when you, you, you're sitting there in a full-time job going, this is going to be really an awful lot of work to try and do even just one module and work full time and if I've got to do five modules it's you know you're looking at the best part of two years to mm-hmm. to get it done so it was then kind of taking the decision of going actually private practice isn't really where I want to 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 spend my career so am I better off stopping that now and 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 just really focusing on getting those modules done in, in as quickly as I can and then being in a position to actually go on and, and, and get the career I actually and get the job that I really want. Okay. Um, and it's then also coming back to university a number of years after you've been there the first time that things have moved on and things have changed. When I was at university, everybody made lecture notes by hand and you walk into a lecture theatre now and everybody's sitting there with a laptop and, mm. and typing away. And, you know, you walk into the law library when I was a student and your resources were on the wall. You know, you had to go and get the book and read it. And whereas there's an, it's an awful lot more available on, I'm making myself sound like a dinosaur, no. but <laughs> there's an awful lot more available online. And I think that's probably the advantage of lawyers, this uh, this generation of lawyers, that they're a lot more tech savvy. They're a lot more, you know, they know where to find resources online. Whereas probably even my generation of lawyers are probably not quite as as, as familiar with that. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's keeping up with, with where you where you need to be and and, and having that vision right yeah. um, enabling you to I guess see and start taking the steps and the processes mm. to get there is yeah. really really important. Mm. So you touched on briefly that students have more access to technology. Let's start talking about the challenges that you think in this day and age that students are facing going forward. I would say it's probably finding that first job. Mm. I think is got to be the biggest challenge. And I think it's it's trying to set yourself apart from all the other law students and, and, and selling yourself to a law firm or to a company or um, whatever kind of employer you want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Alpha's story kind of t- tells, that, tells a good story that sometimes that first job isn't the job that you want. It mm-hmm. isn't in the industry you want. It isn't with the employer you want, but it's, it's, good, it's good training and it's good experience. And it's then it's a lot easier to find the second job when you've got the first job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that's probably the big challenge is, is setting yourself apart mm-hmm. for that first job. Okay. And oh, how, do you, how, how do you think that students can do that? Um, I think it, it's doing so much more than just your degree. I think a good degree will get you in the door, but it's what happens once you've, once you've got there. So, you know, you, you apply to a law firm, for example, and you'll say, well, I've, I've, got, I've got my Monash law degree and they'll go, well, great, but what else is there? to mm-hmm. you than than that and when when I was applying for jobs the the partners would always say it's it's the fl- it's the long haul flight it's can I sit next to this person on a long haul flight for that you know for 14 hours or whatever it'll be and still feel that I still want to talk to them when I get off the plane that they've got enough to talk to me about that there's enough to them that 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 I can I can envisage doing that length of journey Definitely. and it's can I send this person off to a client and and know that they're not going to make a fool of me or make a fool of themselves so it's 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 trying to set yourself apart and it's trying to find your life outside of 
your law degree, I think, is really what will, will set you apart. So through those life experiences and those qualities that make you a bit more of a rounded, all-rounded Absolutely. sort of Absolutely. individual. So whether that be extracurricular activities, any sort of work experience, it doesn't have to be specific to the law. No. Like, great if you can get a placement. Uh, we have clinical guarantee within our Faculty of Law, which is brilliant. So students get to do uh, a one-day-a-week over 12 weeks uh, with a business organisation uh, and getting that exposure and understanding of what it's like to work in that space. So obviously there's two great things to that. One, getting mm. that little, little bit of added element of all-roundedness mm. and also do I want to work in this space yeah. and, and understanding that and starting to navigate their way out of that. But uh, Elva, you were an international student, yeah. so it would be really interesting to hear about the challenges that you think international students are facing today from yeah. studying in Australia, Australia and yep. then wanting to stay on and yep. getting a job. And what do you think that you did? Uh, obviously, you touched on that by being yeah. open-minded, but what do you think you did otherwise to help make you most employable to get that job? I think for international law students, the first thing has to be very resilient because it took me literally one year. And looking back, I hope, I you know, I wish I could have been more resilient at the time because a few times I really dipped quite down, not mm -hmm. feeling confident, you know, everything. But I think finding that first job, is, um, it's not going to be easy. And when we accept that reality, it's kind of better prepared yourself as well. Yeah. But I think one thing with international law students is the language thing. I found that when I was studying you know, law, um, because law is all about the precision of the language you pick, the word you choose. You know, and, um, and so for a lot of international students, that's the the biggest challenge when they are studying law and when they're trying to find the first job, you know, because it's all about communication. However, on the other hand, um, I've actually been telling this story to a few other international law students. And don't underestimate your other uh, abilities and capability. For example, language asset. I speak fluent Chinese, Mandarin, Mandarin Chinese. So when I was at law school studying, I thought, oh my God, I wish English my first, uh, I wish English was my native language. But now I'm like, I'm so glad Chinese mm -hmm. is my first <laughs> language, you know, because you can learn and improve and cultivate English. But then on the other hand, you know, Chinese, for example, or whatever um, a native language you hold is a very valuable asset. And also make sure you match your, um, say, for example, you're looking for a law firm or you work, you want to work for a particular industry, make sure you can best utilise your cultural intelligence, your language skill. In my case, I think, um, again, very, very fortunate to work in shipping. It's very international. And, and also China is being one of the largest exporters and uh, a lot of cargoes, you know, um, importing or exporting both ways are relating to China. So a lot of matters we deal with, you know, needs require requires a level of, you know, understanding Chinese. That helps me a lot, you know. Mm. So yeah. what I thought was kind of a disadvantage, for example, at law school now has somehow turns out to be an asset. Mm. So I think that's quite important for students. It needs to be very strategic, in sp especially for international students. Yeah. And to stand out, I think, as Olivia was saying, how you can distinguish yourself from the other fellow applicants. Brilliant. Yeah. That's really good advice. Mm. Just touching on, we're talking a bit about international and yeah. going internationally and what mm. that looks like if you want to work mm. as a lawyer after practising Australia internationally. Uh, 
part of our Law Ambassador Program, uh, one of our student groups did a uh, project which is a website online where you can go and get some insights to eligibility criteria in different countries. So I'll put that link up uh, attached to this audio recording, which would be really good so students can have a bit of an understanding as to what challenges or what do they need to prepare themselves for now uh, if they've got a sight or a vision in working in another country and how they can do that. So that's great that we touched on that. Mm. Um, before we finish up, I would yeah. love to have uh, a hint or a tip or some piece of advice that you would like to give our students. Um, I think for law students and also working lawyers, another thing from my personal experience is well-being, mm. self-care. Um, another passion of mine, only because I think you know, have I have you know, working sorry, studying as an international student and currently working as a lawyer, I do see a lot of students get burnt out, mm. and at student level, but. At the same time, students have a different priority from lawyers. You know, lawyers seem to be more aware of the need to self-care. But for students, you know, finishing degree and getting a job is more important. And also when you're young, you feel, like, okay, I can take on the stress. But a lot of times I think we need to be um, one step before in our stress level. So if I can give some advice to students, make sure you self-care and also take priority on your well-being, you know, and do things outside the law, you know, just because law can be very stressful as a subject to study and also the nature of um, the the law, the case law and everything is very risk averse. And from brain science perspective, you know, almost make our brain more doubly negative because our job is all about looking yeah. for risks. So that's why, you know, you might potentially explain why um, law students and lawyers have a high propensity for stress. Mm. So we do need to counter that, you know, with exercise or meditation or whatever can you know, take your mind off just your study and work. That is fantastic. Yeah. Really good point and, and um, brilliant advice. Thank you, Alva. Um, I think my advice would be to not kind of hem yourself in too, too early, to, to look for as many different opportunities and to not think, I've, I'm, I'm sitting here with my law degree, so my next step is, is working in a law firm. There are so many more career opportunities for lawyers, both inside and, and outside of the law. So it's it's looking for those opportunities and, and, and taking the risk. Mm. Uh, within reason, um, but taking the risk and, and, mm. and, and seeing what else you can do that's not necessarily on the career path that you think you're going to be on Great. today. It's that in 10, 15 years' time, you've got to look back and say, oh, well, actually, taking that opportunity has really led me in a completely mm. different direction, but I'm, I'm really pleased with the direction it's gone in. Fantastic. Thank you both again. Really appreciate your time. Um, and, yeah, it's been fantastic. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Olivia Jones, General Counsel and Head of Strategy at Victoria International Container Terminal, and Elva Jung, Corporate Counsel at ANL Group. Life After Law School comes to you from the Faculty of Law at Monash University. I'm Amy Scarlett, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>